What's up, soccer players? On this episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience, we're doing a, a brief overview of the Copa America and the Euros from a fitness and health standpoint and giving you guys some insight as to how some physios view the game and the tournaments and what you as a player can take away from it. So hope you enjoy the show. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important? If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to this latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I've been well, bro. I've been well. I've been chilling. Been watching, um, you know, watch the final of the Copa America yesterday and then watch the final of um, England versus Italy just now. And uh, wow. Yeah, they give they they give me a they give me a show, man. They give me a show. We got you know, we got a proper football you know, we, show. We man. got a it proper football, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't boring, you know, they were attack all over. Um, you know, it was nice. You know, I could wish um Brazil and uh, England would have won, but that didn't happen. Mm, nope. Nope, that did not. Argentina came out on top along with Italy, uh your champions of South America and Europe. Um, but let's let's talk about the the overall style of play between Europe and South America when it comes to these international tournaments and how that impacts like the physical side because it is so different from yeah, tournament to tournament. It is, it is, man. It is. I I I watch a couple of Euro games. Games were a little bit more technical, you know. It it, it can seem like I mean, I didn't just a couple of games I watched. I didn't watch the whole tournament because every time they aired it, I was at work. When I mm. catch some replay, there was a lot of technique. Watch like especially this that Spain versus the Italy game. Watching Padri mm. just flow around. That that's he's the dude, by the way. He he's is the, the he's, dude. He's the next. He's the he's next the real line, one. Man. He's the well, eighteen years old. Eighteen we're years get old. Like Petri he was. Later. Technique was perfect. Like the, games like that. The Euro game was a lot more technical, a lot more passing involved, um, as opposed to the Copa America. It seems like all the teams just hated each other. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like rivalry from from day one. Like the whole ill team hated each other. Man. It was crazy. Yeah, kick, yeah. foul. Oh my god! It was like it was a battle. Blood. We're going to talk about the blood later in a little bit too, but kind of from a a physical standpoint. When you see the Euros, it almost looks like we're, I mean, it makes sense. It looks like we're watching like Premier League or, mm -hmm. or Champions League where everything flows smoothly up and down the pitch. Players have their roles. They know where they're supposed to be. Um, it's, it's a lot more organized and traditional. And like if you're a player learning to game and you want to learn how to play soccer like the proper way, then the Euros is where you would most likely take your your inspiration from. yeah i felt like i was watching the champions league um just now yeah yeah and yeah, that's, because that's of how that, it felt like, like 
the the game almost mirrors that that new era of high intensity running, sprinting, counterattacks, um, a lot of load on the muscles in the body. Um, and that's a little bit different from Copa. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Copa America, it's it's yeah, you have the counterattacks and all that, but it's a lot more flair. Um, and I think this is another thing we should talk about is the the technical skill that we see from Euros and Copa. It's a little bit different. Copa, it's a lot more individual. I will beat you one on one type of skill. And to have the endurance to pull off some of these moves that these players do in minute ninety plus with, without compromising skill, it's incredible. It really is. Yeah, I saw I saw Neymar like hugging onto the ball so much. It's just almost like, you know, when I was watching the game, the Euro game, like, you know, there weren't a lot of, uh, um, I didn't see a lot of flair today at the final, um, in Italy versus um, versus England. I saw a lot of passes, a lot of technical one, two, three touch pass. That's it. But when I was watching. Watching uh watching the final of the Copa yesterday, oh my god, man. Like everyone wants to like beat you one on one and Neymar was holding on to the ball a lot too, getting fouled all over all over the place. It's it's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. And even uh Neymar, oh my goodness, minute eighty nine, ninety, this guy is running up and down the pitch. He's going through three, four defenders at once after playing an entire tournament. And that's something that I think you will never see in, in the Euros just because the, the profile is, is so different over yeah, there. It's very different. Um, did you I, I happen saw... to see this guy, uh, Diaz, for Colombia? Um, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, man. Incredible, incredible, man. He's... What did he do? Oh, what did he do? Minute 94. He, he's a winger, right? He's a left winger. Minute 94. He's got the ball on the touchline. It's Colombia versus um, who they play in the semis. I think it was Argentina. I think it was, uh, or was it Brazil? Um, In the semi? I think yeah. in the semi they play Argentina. Yeah. Minute 94. He He's one-on-one versus defender. What does he do? Some braille flick over his head. You got to be kidding And continues me. to run down the sideline. I'm like... What kind of focus do you have to be able to do that at the end of the game? That's you know? uh, that's the style, man. That's the that's the um South South American style of football. There's a there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot more flair into it. Um, there's a whole lot, more, you know. Brazil could have actually used some sort of fundamental technique and just pass. You know, I watched Firmino trying to hold the ball and trying to do flick. That didn't work. Um, it's just. Overall, I'm just so disappointed. Brazil, yo, who's um, yo, Richarlison? We gotta, <laughs> we gotta fire that guy, man. That guy's not a striker, bro. I don't know what he's an attacker, but he doesn't really have a position in my book. I don't know. And that man was useless yesterday. Useless. So I mean, we we we've talked about it a little bit before with um, players diving to avoid injury. And in the Copa, oh my goodness! Oh, there was a lot of that. It's like, is that like every second someone is diving? Oh, of course. But at the same time, how many games in the Euros do you see with players ending the game with blood stained on their ankle socks? You know, but like I was like telling you, man. These, I was, these teams, they, these, these teams hate each other. Like, you're not gonna do a sombrero on me and think I'm gonna let you go afterwards. No, I'm gonna kick the hell out of you afterwards. <laughs> 
Like, That's true. Yeah. Come on, are you doing a sombrero ninety minutes? Come on, you don't take me. That's disrespectful. You don't take me seriously. I'm gonna break your leg. And that's yeah. the mentality those players have. They will let you know that you're not going to try that ever again. You got to think twice. I want to be in your head. You start thinking about a move. Next thing you know, you start thinking about how I'm going to kick your leg and you're going to pass the ball. That doesn't apply for Neymar, of course, because he tried to go against three players yesterday. That was crazy. I was oh, like, bro, yeah. there's, yeah. there's an open man right here. Just pass the ball. <laughs> but at the same time, if he beats three defenders, that means there's three people open, you know? Um, but I mean, even him yesterday, his shorts were ripped in half by what minute 25, yeah, 30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think Argentina, they did something that not many teams, I think have the, the personnel to do, which is we have five subs. So what we're going to do is every time Neymar gets in a dangerous situation, we're going to foul him. And if that means we get a yellow, we will, and we'll sub that player we'll off. Sub and that guy the off. next one will do the same thing again. <laughs> Oh, man. Beautiful goal by Di Maria, though. But the pass, I think, like, the pass was better. Mm, the mm, pass was bad. Too. It was a clinical pass. Cut them sleeping to a counterattack. Whoop! Yeah, yeah. And everyone was saying, yo, if Iguain was the one who, who actually received that pass, he would have skyrocketed that ball. Oh, my <laughs> God. Gonzalo Iguain. Did you see what he said um, uh, when, he, when he came to MLS a few, uh, a few weeks ago? So he plays for Miami now. You know he plays for Miami? Mm -mm. And um, he came over, and one of his first interviews a few weeks ago was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting to work this hard. Um, All I wanted to do is, like, sleep and smoke a bunch of cigarettes or something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, man. Like, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, when you think about the level uh, in comparing comparing the level of Europe, European football to – American football, it's it's completely different. Most players come here to have fun and retire. But what happened is, um, you know, there's a lot more funding going on in in American soccer, um, so it, it it's becoming a little bit more competitive. <laughs> yeah, and, and not only that, but the game is actually changing too. Everyone is playing fast pace, speed, and everything. Gonzalo Inguain is fat. He's not fast. Having to keep up with those speedy players is, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a retirement, man. No, yeah, and these MLS guys, I mean, the skill, yeah, it's improving as a league, but they are physical. They are as fast and strong yeah. as they come. I feel like that's um, like a thing in 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 once you get to the American sides, North and South American, the game just get physical. I don't know why. But guys are a lot more physical. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's talk about Pedri, this guy. Oh my goodness. Clinical. So reading some stats on him, he ran a total of sixty one point five kilos in just six matches. Um and when you compare him, a lot of people compared his stats to Luka Modric at the twenty eighteen World Cup, where he mm-hmm. ran 60 i think it was 63 or 64 kilos um but the difference is the the style of play of modric versus pedri is a little bit different and pedri did it in one less match in six versus seven that's crazy yeah and pedri likes to hold he he likes to hold on the ball a little bit he he has flair um i was watching that game um that that semi-final versus uh italy 
man, the dude was all over the place. He was all over the place. And I was yeah. looking at, I was looking at, I was like, okay, so this dude is, he's running. This is in six match. He ran like 61.5 kilometers, right? Just, and I was like, okay, maybe this guy didn't play a lot during the season. And I went and look at, um, his La Liga stats. This guy played like thirty-seven games. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm like, oh yep. my god! Yep. Like, how is this dude not getting injured right now? It's yeah, a lot of load thirty-seven in, in in just La Liga too, I believe. Uh, he also played yeah. Champions League. He was a starter for us the entire year, and he's going to the Olympics. He's, he's going to be playing in the Olympics. He's going to be playing. Okay, watch that injury happen there. <laughs> I understand he's like 18, 19 year old, but at the same time, man, you gotta you gotta allow yourself to recover. Yeah, yeah. And you can't um, put your body through that load. He is and he's different than Modric in the fact that Modric is a amazing conductor of the game, but Modric will not progress the ball on his own. He's gonna pass and work the yeah. game that way. But this guy, Pedri, like boom, let's go. Uh, he, he, like he, at sixty one point five kilos with the ball yeah. at his feet. I mean he sees space, he's gonna take space. That's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. Man. Uh, Pedri, what he's a what a be, wonderful footballer. He's man. gonna play he's special. Can't believe he's gonna play in the Olympics. Yeah, he's going. He's going. That should be like yeah. some sort of rule. Where, well, you know, it's some sort of rule that's just a limit. Oh, I guess the strength and conditioning guys, they know what they're doing. Um, now, how do you recover that fast? Well, I don't think you do. Or is it to a point where, like, I saw a comment about this today. Somebody posted. Um, he is, he might be at the level where, like, he's just that fit. And mm. this is his normal. And if that's his normal, that was a tank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some players have it like that, like Conte. You know, now he's getting a little bit older, a little bit more injuries. But prior to that, he could play twice a week, 90 minutes, no issues. No issues. Um, no. Some so, of them are gifting like that. Well, we also yeah. have to take into account that he's also like 18, which is unbelievable to me. Because mm-hmm. I know yeah. he's the next one. Because he's like 18 years old, 19, he's in the starting lineup. Yep. Running the field, man. Running, running the, the field. field. You know what I like? What I, I like about him the most, um, it's not just his control of the ball, but the way he passes. Like if he give mm. you a pass, like he puts the ball exactly where you need it. Mm-hmm. It's not too fast, not too slow. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, perfect. So I, Messi loves this kid, man. Messi of is course. in love with him. You can you can do link up play. He yeah. did a lot of link up play with Messi. Any anybody mm-hmm. who's gonna feed Messi the ball like that, he he's gonna love it. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo probably somewhere like crying that Messi's gonna win a seven seven <laughs> Ballon d'Or. Because <laughs> that's it's what they were saying. Yeah. They were saying um, if Messi wins this, like he's winning it. Oh, of course. I mean, player of the tournament. He had the most goals and most assists. He most he assists. came into the tournament and walked out with three trophies. That's crazy. Three trophies. That's crazy. Yeah. So Ronaldo somewhere um, like is like trying to like get some testosterone so he can get some youth back into <laughs> <laughs> into his uh, body to compete. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think the the biggest story still out of both the Copa and the Euros is is Ericsson. And how Denmark 
went against all odds and went to the semifinals of, of the Euros. And I don't think anybody saw that coming and definitely not without Ericsson. Hey, sometimes, um, you know, a tragedy that happened to your teammate actually gives you fuel to actually keep going. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a lot of fuel, man. <laughs> that's a hey, lot listen, of fuel. Listen, man, like, I've seen some games where, you know, you have all the stars in the team and everybody's playing like they're amateurs. And then some other mm-hmm. days, some stuff happens psychologically, boom, everything changed. Human, the human body, human body is just weird, man. It's just, just weird. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of psychological, what about that that penalty? Penalties today by England, man. Interesting, interesting choice. Very, very, very interesting. Now, I don't understand. Um, I guess okay. The people, like the midfielders. Didn't take that many penalty. Like you know, if you're a midfielder, you should be taking penalty like crazy. It was Marcus Rashford, Saka, um, Harry Maguire. Who else took the penalty? Um, Harry Sancho. Kane and Sancho. Yeah, Sancho the took the penalty. So out of that group, only Harry Kane and Maguire were like senior players. Yeah, the yeah. leaders. And then every well, I could say Marcus Rashford doesn't fall into like inexperienced players anymore because he's he he's got too many minutes under his belt as a Man United player. But mm-hmm. Sancho and Saka to have those two like be like the last two to take the penalty, I I don't know. Interesting choice, yeah. Know, and even with um, Sancho and Rashford, they both came on what minute night one nineteen. Yeah, and Rashford was playing. Uh, he was playing uh, Walker right position. back. Yeah, yeah, he was playing right. And that's a brave move too. Like there's still two minutes left. You're gonna yeah, have a, a very interesting choices. And because they were, they were, they was... wanted them to take the penalty, which makes me wonder. Like, is so those are the best penalty kicker the team has. Because those 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 moves were strategic because they wanted mm-hmm. those two guys to actually get on the field in case um they needed a penalty. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, those two, I mean, I think Rashford had one tackle there at the end of the game. I don't think Sancho even touched the ball, really. So now you haven't touched a ball in almost three hours, and your first touch has to be a penalty in a final of a cup match? I don't know, man. That that kind of rubs me the wrong. That's way. what I mean. I don't. I don't understand that decision. I mean, they said um, cost um, um, customer. It's a it's a custom for um, the best penalty taker to take the penalty at the beginning in England. That's mm. what the announcer said um, as Kane was taking the penalty. But I'm like, I wouldn't have Kane take the penalty right in the beginning. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you want to start off on a good note, you can. I, I would have him either first or third, possibly fourth, because, or even like a like a system where if you need to score, you put him on, but then it kind of messes with the psyche of the team. Yeah, but I, but yeah, I, I but know. think about it, right? So you you in the final, and you know what's at stake. It's not just a final. You haven't won anything in a long, long time. So the stakes are really high. So the pressure, the longer you have to go in. The longer this this thing drags out, the more the the, the the bigger the pressure, and then you put two young guys <laughs> at the last the last two guys that took the penalty are young. 
Yeah, and he had so many options too. Grealish was available. Uh, all of your midfielders with experience were available. Even like Kyle Walker, I wouldn't, unless he's that atrocious at penalties, which I can't imagine he, he is. Like he's an experienced player and he's someone that you trust in your defense. Um, I would have, I would have given him the nod too. Me too. But apparently that's not, that's not, that's not what the coach was thinking. Sadly, man. Man, were, all the fans were like raving saying, oh, it's coming home. It's finally coming home. I thought he was coming home too. <laughs> nope. I guess nope. not. And to be honest, unless England changed their style, I don't see them making any any like, further impact they, at the World they, Cup they next year. They invented the game. They didn't perfect it. That's true. Very, I mean, they true. got they got to the final with that game, so I wouldn't change anything. I would just change the order of the the penalty takers. That's it. I don't know, man. They had so much talent, and for them to drop into a low block so early, like it was minute 65, 70, they already had 10 guys behind the ball, and I'm like, I don't know well, about they stopped, that one. They because... stopped playing, too, because Italy would just, yeah. just get coming at them like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And Italy, here's the thing about Italy. Is they're brave. And player for player, England is better. They are. but Yeah, but those guys are accustomed to winning international tournament. England is not. That's true, too. That's true, too. England is not. So they know what's at stake. That's why they had that veteran. Man, can you believe that defender is still playing? What's his name? (laughs) Bonucci, Chiellini. Oh, my God. How is this dude still playing? This dude's been playing for a long time. (laughs) It's like Zonetti, who plays for like... Who plays right back for like freaking twenty years and still still was a tank and good defending too. It's oh, not like no. he's just no 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 like no no solid defending. I yeah. was solid defending today from him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um... I was. I don't watch a lot of Insigne games, so I was watching Insigne today. Yo, his control of the ball is it's it's pretty good, man. At high yeah. speed too. They yeah. gave this guy a ball. Oh my god, he's running at high speed, touched the ball dead on the grass. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Yep. Mm. What a touch. Now the one benefit I think from Italy winning is I feel like the English are on their high horse of many other people around the world, including people in the US. Like we put the Premier League on this pedestal of undoubtedly the best league in the world. And if that is the case and the best players play in the Premier League, mm-hmm. most of the best players are, are at this point, a lot of them are English. And for them to lose, I think it kind of disrupts that narrative a little bit because now it's like, oh, wait, everybody was criticizing Serie A and the majority of the players that play for Italy do play in Serie A and look what they did, you know? And I, I think it, it's good for other leagues when, the English don't win. I mean, um, bro, when was the last time England won something? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's you. not. It's not even about winning. It's about sponsorship and where the market is. And if there's a lot of money in that market, just because there's a lot of money in that market doesn't mean you know you you're the best. Mm-hmm. I mean. Sure. Think about the past few years. Who made it? You won the Champions League. It's been a bunch of teams from Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just yeah. Spain just been winning everything. Even the European League. It's just it has been mostly 
you know, if you if you want to, if if through history, the past 10, 20 years, I would say uh, really um, Spain has the, the, the best footballers. Oh, 100%. And that might be changing a little bit. Um, but yeah, even if you look at how England has progressed, their best academy, Manchester City, all they really did was take the entire staff from Barcelona and bring them over um, from from the football director all the way down to the academy staff. And now they're producing some of the best players in the world. You know what's funny? Um, the team that has a lot of money are struggling to win. In, and in Chelsea, for some reason, has been the team that's most very consistent at winning the Champions League the past like <laughs> 10 years. I don't know how they manage, but they somehow they're always there. They're so obnoxious. That and first one in 2012, I I still to this day believe that is the worst team to ever win the Champions League. Ever. Ever. And they like, won. It was terrible. And, and they, they won. won. This year, they were better. Um, oh, I they, that final they show me it's weird too because they went to they fired Lampard and got somebody else like as they were yeah, deep into sure. the group of champions. I, it's like what is going on? Yeah, yeah. And um, but this year they were a little bit better. I if if somebody asked me who the best team in the world is right now, and somebody else said Chelsea, I wouldn't pick a fight with them. I would still disagree. I just wouldn't do it vocally. Um, but yeah, they're, they were a little bit better this year. Yeah, they were. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. We got the, the Olympics starting uh, in a few days, I think. Um, we got Gold Cup. We got Haiti versus USA in about an hour and a half, actually. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That's a, Hopefully that's a, we play. That's a 12. That's a... That's a... <laughs> That's not a good matchup for your first game, man. No, honestly, I think I think we can get a point, man. We can get a point. You think you think we can get a point? Yeah, because hear me out on this, right? This USA team, um, mostly people who are fighting to be in the World Cup squad for 2022, and it's an interesting pool of players who haven't played very much together. And, in the US. Yeah, yeah, mostly MLS guys. They they haven't played together competitively in a, in a game in quite some time and haiti haiti has been playing a lot recently we played three matches to even qualify for the gold cup and we had um a few competitive uh world cup qualifying matches prior to that so this team it's a well-oiled machine who has won a lot in the past three four weeks um so i i think we can i think we can get a point okay we'll see I'll be watching. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, Bert, you got anything else? No, that's it, man. That is it. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Give us a five-star review. Share with your friends. And we'll see you all soon. Peace.